Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday on this April the 13th, Rumination Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me for today's topic is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. And how are you doing? I'm adjusting. You're adjusting. Excellent. Well, we've got a very interesting subject today. Um, It's really one that surprised me quite a bit because it is written by a Baptist pastor. But here's what he says. Over the past week, my closest cousins and I have been exchanging greetings and best wishes for holy observances. My cousins are Jewish and celebrating Passover, and I'm a Baptist minister enjoying Easter Monday. I once wrote about my belief against an exclusive understanding of heaven, pointing out that if it didn't include my Jewish cousins, I certainly didn't want to end up there. Isn't that an interesting statement? Yeah, my first thought was, this guy must be a universalist. What do you mean by a universalist? A universalist is one who believes that there are many ways to get to heaven. Christianity is just one of them. Well said. And I I tell you, for a Baptist minister saying that if heaven doesn't include my unbelieving cousins, I don't even up there. You know, I I think God may give him his wish that he'll be with his unbelieving cousins, but they won't be in heaven. Well, considering the, the... I'm assuming he uses the same Bible we use. It says that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that uh, the Jewish population is part of the world that he died for. Yes. And for them to reject Jesus, as some still do, means that they're not believers and will not be going to heaven. And that is a hard teaching to make, but it's also one in which we are motivated to tell even those who are not of a Christian faith the importance of Christ. We, we talked about this quite a bit this week already, that there are different views, and what makes every religion different is the particulars. They all normally have universal beliefs in that there is a God and that humanity is something that we should cherish and we should love one another. But then when you get down to the particulars, there are some who say that I am saved because I have enough knowledge Others who say I am saved because I do enough works. And others say I am saved 
because I have specific experiences. But all of that fails when it comes to Christianity because the only way of salvation that the Bible says and Jesus himself says is by trusting in Jesus as a person, as a savior. Can you think of any other religion that has a person that those religious individuals are to trust in order to be saved? None that I can think of. You None know, at all. It, it really breaks down into two categories, uh, a religion that, that saves through an individual, in other words, Jesus Christ, and a religion that, that serves good works that you earn, earn your way to heaven. Exactly. And Jesus is kind of an interesting topic this coming Sunday. Uh, we talk about Jesus being an example for us, but he's not an example in how we are to be saved. Rather, once we are saved, Jesus is an example of how we are to live our life as a response to having been saved. Whereas all other religions get it backwards. First, you need to live a good life, and then God saves you. In Christianity, no. First, God saves you by the Holy Spirit giving you faith, and then you are able to respond. Now, you know that, go that, ahead. that reminds me of how we do the liturgy on a Sunday morning. Is first we confess all our sins and our unworthiness to God, and then we receive the love of God through absolution, through the forgiveness of sins. So it's like we come to the altar with nothing but our sinful lives that we ask for forgiveness, and then we leave the altar and, you know, fulfilled in the love of Christ through his death and resurrection and able to, able to serve him. Yes. What this so-called pastor says is that a lot of Christians have become nationalistic. And what he means by that is that they have a vitriolic ideology and they do not share in the vision of love and abundance common to so many of the world's faiths. They instead seek to impose their narrow worldview on others, and then he really gets to what he's talking about, to the detriment of racial and religious minorities, LGBTQ plus people, and anyone else who dares to challenge their bigotry. So what he's really saying is that Jesus is a bigot because Jesus says no one comes to the Father except what? Through him. Exactly. And that's bigotry, uh, according to this man, because yeah. we don't include gay people as part of God's communion, which, of course, 
it's very clear from the Bible that they are not part of God's communion if they have unrepentant sin. And it is a sin just like when when they commit the act itself. It's a sin that uh, they commit like drunkenness, idolatry, you know, anger. It, it, it's not it's not one sin over another. It, it, it's all sin. Yes. He, he says we can defeat the tyranny of Christian nationalism through love for others who live and believe differently than we do. Now, what does he mean by love? It means it requires a shared commitment to defending our right to believe and the ability of our neighbors to do the same. But he never says what they are to believe. He just has this idea that, well, love is the most important thing and never mentions at all about the forgiveness of sins or repentance, which is the main message of Jesus. You can tell that from the opening verses and the chapters of Mark, that indeed Jesus says, repent and believe in the gospel. That's why John the baptizer was sent to wake people up to their situation that none of us are able to follow the commandments of God perfectly. And so we need a savior who will save us. And there is no savior in other religions. Well, I took a, a, a different road in looking at this because he, he's talking about God as love. And I went to First John chapter 4, where it talks about God as his love. But uh, the love of God was made manifest among us when he sent his only son into the world, that we might live through him. So love was uh, kind of an attitudinal thing on God's part. He shows his love for the whole world through his son, Jesus Christ. Yes. In, in other words, he brings in other religions. He talks about a rabbi, Jonah Presner, who spoke about the tradition of welcoming the stranger during Passover and uh, the work about others like Hindus for human rights who are pushing for interfaith justice during their holiday called Holy, H-O-L-I. And he says the list goes on. But we've made a big point in the recent days on law and gospel that there are general understandings of all religions, namely there is a God and human rights are important. But when you get to the particulars, only Christianity has a savior who is both God and man. No other religion even comes close to that, but instead puts the burden of being saved on the individual. You know, 
when you when you stop and think about it, it, it is uh, better to me. It's, it's better that it, it it fell upon my brother Jesus than upon me in terms of uh, my salvation. It's hard enough to get through the day without committing a sin, and uh, to, to do work righteousness. I'm I'm reminded of the of one of the Muslim teachings that, uh, you know, you're saved by your works and you try to do enough good works during the, during the year that, uh, it's 51% good works and 49 that aren't. And, uh, you can book it for the year as another good year for the Muslim faith. But even in the Quran, there is no assurance of salvation as there is in the Christian Bible, where it says very clearly, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And even though there are those who think that that was an addition to the Bible, that teaching is found elsewhere besides in just the last chapters of Mark. You take a look at Romans 6, where it talks about baptism, you're actually buried with Christ, you're therefore risen with Christ. Ephesians talks about you being at the right hand of the Father because you're part of the body of Christ. So we need to look at the whole Bible to see very clearly the assurances of salvation. Are you not surprised sometimes when even Lutherans worry about whether or not they're going to be saved? Who is that, Luke? No. I'm asking the question, aren't you concerned when even Lutherans wonder about whether they are going to be saved because they doubt the clear promises of Scripture? Whether they doubt the promises of Scripture, or they doubt themselves. You know, they sometimes worry about their their past sins and for, and forget that Christ has forgiven them already at the cross when they confess them. You know, it reminds me of a Bible class that I had once that uh, I I made the observation that. At the beginning of the church, we did the confession of sin. The congregation confessed their sins with such gusto. And there rose a, a hand in the back of the room. The little lady said, that's because we know what's coming next. And I said, what was that? Well, I get forgiveness through Jesus. Yes, and in fact, at the cross... Jesus forgave people before they repented. Remember? Father, forgive them, for they know Mm -hmm. not what they are doing. We call that, you know, objective justification, that the sins of everyone has been paid for. So you can go to an unbeliever and say your sins have been forgiven. Some people will say, Well, why doesn't everyone go to heaven then? Because it's not just that your sins were forgiven at the cross, 
but that you also received that gift of forgiveness through faith. In unbelief, you reject that gift, and therefore you make the decision that I'll pay for my own sins. And this is why Mm -hmm. even some Christians are worried about going to heaven because they think they're God, that they have to work out their own sins. Well, and then you talk about uh, this love of God that this guy is talking about, and we've already established that it's from John 1, 4, 1 John 4, that uh, God is love and that he sent his only son into the world that he might be a sin. And this is love that we love. And not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sin. Propitiation is that thing that you were talking about, is sacrifice upon the cross and the spilling of his blood for us. Well, you really made an interesting distinction there that we're saved not because we love God, but because God loved us. Just the very opposite of what every other religion teaches. And when we come to recognize that love through faith given to us by the Holy Spirit, then we are declared righteous in God's sight. It was interesting that this Baptist minister, I guess he doesn't preach anywhere, he says he and his family went to an Easter service at the Washington National Cathedral and listened to Bishop Marion Booty, B-U-D-D-E. Now, she thinks she's a woman pastor. She really isn't. She may think that in her mind, but God doesn't consider her a pastor. And what did she preach upon on Easter? He says she preached about the value of religious diversity. Now, the value of the religious diversity, boy, Peter sure had that. When Jesus says, I'm going to the cross to be crucified, and I will rise again in three days. Peter says, no, we'll kind of protect you. And how did Jesus respond to Peter? (laughs) The classic, get behind these things. Yes, Jesus does not appreciate religious diversity. And we need to be careful that there are Christians, for example, in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which no longer officially has either Lutheran or biblical teachings. It it is a false church. Yet you can still have Christians there who are unaware of what the leadership of the ELCA is saying. And Hopefully, when they become aware of it, they will recognize it is not Christian and hopefully join, therefore, a proper Lutheran church because religious diversity is not a sentiment that is shared by God himself. Now, we do teach a freedom of religion in our country. 
But we're not talking about religious diversity. We're talking about being able to confess our faith out there. And for for us as Christians, we we want that so that we can get the good news of Jesus Christ out there. That's a really good point you make, and he really messes that up. He thinks that in the country that we would permit all religions to have a say means that we therefore should think that they have a divine right to teach what they're teaching and that by their teaching, people are also saved. That's why he says he doesn't want to go to a heaven where his unbelieving Jews are not there. And he just totally confuses uh, the two kingdoms. We in the United States, we don't have a problem with people worshiping a God any way they want. We, We don't close down their places of worship or we shouldn't be using violence against them because you do have that freedom of religion. But as you said, that doesn't mean that we believe that their religion is true when it comes to their particulars. Here, What does he yeah. say to his sons when they ask him about the meaning of Easter? Yeah, that's interesting. It's about God's love. Jesus rose from the dead to remind us that he's always hope and that the simple message, God is love, is more powerful than any oppressive ruler or system. Yeah, this is ridiculous that he thinks that's the meaning of Easter in that just love is important because he thinks every religion has some kind of love in it. And and that's why there is a diversity of ways to get to God, but all of them are sufficient. He says this simple message that God is love and that all of creation is part of God's beloved community and is deserving of dignity and respect. The the first group of people, because he's definitely for gay people, who, of course, are also for pedophilia, namely that you can love even children if they are willing to be in a loving relationship. And he says that that's part of God's beloved community, deserving of dignity and respect. He says... That is at the core of my faith. What's his version of Christianity that he concludes the article with? Well, it's it's one that uh, has uh, religious freedom of church church and state and its foundational principles of the American project. And what makes me think is I would say is for for us to go back and read First John chapter four, and that gives us a clear understanding of what God's love is, and it's the love that is found in Jesus Christ and His suffering, His death, and resurrection. Yes, when you finish reading what he's saying, he says, 
we all have a responsibility to stand up for the rights of our neighbors across faith and place. Yes, we Christians do permit individuals to have any religion they want, but that doesn't mean that they are correct. And that's why KFUO exists, for example. It, it shows the false teaching of many of these religions, which are going to lead people not to heaven, but to hell. Now, the name of this pastor is Paul Brandis Rauschenbusch. He says he's a Baptist minister and president and CEO of Interfaith Alliance. But this is put out by Religious News Service. And I find the last statement in the article is very interesting. It says, the views expressed in this commentary do not necessarily reflect those of Religion News Service. So even though RNS puts out what he says, they, they make a point that this doesn't mean that we agree with him. And we certainly don't because God doesn't agree with this so-called Baptist pastor. You know, they're really having some problems in the Baptist church. Although many of their teachings officially are good, uh, the, one of the largest congregations in California has now been removed from their denomination because they allow women pastors. And of course, that is absolutely contrary to God's word in the same way that God does not allow men to have babies while women are not to be pastors. And, and yet it is really sad how many congregations do not agree with God's word. Well, thanks so much, Pastor Reimnitz, for helping us again as we see even people who think that they are pastors are no longer teaching according to the Bible. And it's a warning to all of us who do go to church to be aware of what false teaching is. Till tomorrow's long gospel, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.